welcome to this episode of the FF Club. I'm Daniela. I'm Michelle. Madura. And this week we are going to be discussing the film Coraline. After a two-week break, because we were all dying because of midterms, except for Madura, she was just dying. Uh, yeah, and uh, so this is a movie I have not seen before. Have you seen it before, Michelle? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm like sure that I've seen it before. It's just that I don't remember a single thing from it. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I, it either traumatized me so much that I just like forgot about it, <laughs> or I just have a really bad memory. Okay, and what about you, Daniela? Um, I remember seeing it in elementary school, but I hadn't seen it since. So yeah, I remember like vaguely like the premise and what happens, but it it had been a while. Yeah, I think yeah. I remember the books better than I remember the movie, but that's still not saying much because I don't remember that either. <laughs> okay, uh, plot recap. So we decided to watch Coraline for our Halloween pick. So it was like a holiday pick for us. And I got to say that this is the first claymation film that I've seen in a long time. And the plot is essentially that this family... Um, where this young girl, Coraline, I think she's eight or nine, they move into a new house like uh, in this uh, apartment complex. And she is extremely bored because all uh, she's left her two best friends behind, the trolls. And she has nothing to do because her parents are constantly busy working on a garden catalog that they have to release. So she and they ask her to explore, you know, the house because it's an extremely old house. And that, that is how the story starts off. But then she meets this neighbor kid. This neighbor kid gives her a doll that looks exactly like her. And this doll essentially starts a series of events, which include her finding this secret door. And when she opens this door and enters, she goes into this other world that parallels hers exactly. But everyone here has butt nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she goes into this other world and there's like another mother and then another father and then another YB and like just another one of everyone that she knows. And basically they're like so much better than her real life and everything's just super alluring. And then the kind of whole point of the story is that the other mother wants to keep Coraline in this world and she wants to sew buttons into her eyes to keep her in this world. So when they ask her to like sew the buttons into her eyes, she kind of realizes that this world is not really um, as it seems. So basically, uh, she tries to go back to her normal life and forget that world, but her parents are missing and everything seems wrong. And she realizes that like the other mother took her parents, so she has to go back to that world, kind of essentially falling into the other mother's trap so she can save her parents and the spirit of like ghost children that have also like fallen for this trap before and kind of just defeat this other mother which she is successful in doing with the help of like a cat she's able to kind of save everyone and everything can go back to normal for her so what would you say is like the I guess, um, some themes in the story. Uh, child neglect? <laughs> that kind of <laughs> popped out at me. <laughs> I think 
constantly while watching the movie all three of us were commenting on the fact that the parents were very <laughs> rude to Caroline Coraline <laughs> hello <laughs> sorry <laughs> Coraline is a weird name you have to admit <laughs> wow okay and what other themes did you guys see what themes did you see I'm not entirely sure I was wondering like if her having this experience with this like other mother and father who are you know her essentially her dream parents because they give her all yeah they give her all the attention they make all her favorite things for her and yet it turns out to be this like huge ruse in order to steal her eyes and then essentially her life and like power their world you know but when she saves her parents and uh, returns to her normal life is the like moral that she should appreciate what she has except what she had wasn't so great right so i don't yeah. know if there was any moral purpose to it because like typically a lot of like horror thriller films things just happen because they happen right so yeah but then yeah you think about how this is like designed for kids and all kids movies kind of have that you know mm-hmm. the moral of the story is, is. Mm-hmm. so yeah that is a good point i don't know what they really wanted to say about this it's like yeah your car- parents might be neglecting you but at least they're not trying to kill you like okay <laughs> i mean it seems kind of weird to talk about child neglect like that yeah exactly because i think her parents um there is another interpretation in that we may see that like her parents at that given point in time because they're working on the garden catalog and are extremely busy haven't been giving her the attention she deserves and they may not truly be like terrible parents they may be just mediocre parents because you know in, in the end they end up buying her like the gloves that she wanted even though they didn't before and even though and they had no idea about this like whole adventure that has happened um and uh, towards the end we can see that they uh, all like throw this like massive garden party and she's like come to appreciate all the neighbors and they all like plant you know tulips and it seems like a warm like family scene Yeah. So, I'm not entirely sure what they are trying to say, but yeah. that's that's why I was asking. <laughs> no, that makes sense too. Like it's kind of just like don't be don't be a spoiled brat. Like other people are going through stuff too, so just I don't know. Be considerate. <laughs> I guess that could be a way of reading it and also just I guess like stranger danger, like don't trust people who offer you cookies and chicken and a whole cake. yeah a whole cake for <laughs> just dessert yeah 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 um yeah and i think uh another thing could also be that like if something is too perfect and doesn't seem real it probably isn't yeah <laughs> that's kind of depressing <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe it's just that you should exercise like a certain amount of caution as in like nothing comes too easily or for free you know like yeah Yeah. I don't know. I I mean there doesn't have to be like a moral anything to it. So I think like in a movie it definitely explores kind of like the illusion of a better world or like the grass isn't always greener. I mean like in Coraline's mind um the other world provided everything that she wanted which was like the yummy food, like attention I guess, but like you know, I don't know, the garden those are like the sort of things that she wanted but then i feel like in the end 
like she needed to appreciate I guess her parents for like who they were and like understand that they were like trying because like in the end the other mother didn't really care for her but like in that other world her parents did care for her it was just like a rough spot so I think that was interesting like in the end it didn't really matter like all the yummy food like she didn't care that the other mother gave her better food or like a cooler garden she just wanted her parents back yeah for sure I guess it's like she's growing up she's kind of realizing what she really values in life not just like the material things and then you see like the entire other world like falling apart once she becomes disillusioned like it literally just turns into turns white so yeah yeah I agree do you think that like what is the other mother called because she's some sort of a creature right like the bedlam or the beldam or something um i feel like she was referred to as the bedlam multiple times so yeah like the beldam that's what beldam yeah sorry yeah beldam oh oh wait here we go so beldam or beldam is another word for witch or hag although the two are not exactly the same thing a beldam has been referenced in several legends across the globe I guess, like, if the other mother is supposed to be this, like, this beldam or this witch, then there doesn't have to be any, like, moral reason because she's just a character who is, I guess, the villain or the evil and, you know, she's were we, just... Yeah, were we at, talking about a uh, moral for the, like, for a reason for the other no, mother? No, 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 no. I, I thought, like, I was watching it just thinking that she literally just wants to eat the kid, like... Oh, no, same, same. <laughs> Uh, I guess so. I I think it's just for in my mind, it's hard to reconcile like a a horror slash like thriller film in the format of like claymation. (laughs) Because I think if we saw this like animated, uh, sorry, not animated, like if we saw this like a real life version of it, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have been so surprised or like tried to find some meaning to come out of it. Like you said, because it's like a kid's movie, you like look towards, you know. some sort of meaning for example when i saw when i see other horror movies i'm not thinking about like oh are is there some moral to this is there some like bigger theme right all i Mm -hmm. know is that this is just happening because it is like sometimes just things happen right so like a lot of horror movies aren't necessarily plot driven Mm -hmm. so but because it's a kid's film i felt like there must be something that they wanted to say through the story but also to be fair like a lot of children's stories like things just happen because it's like of imagination and it's interesting and it's cool so or like have you guys seen the movie where the wild things are oh my god i love that movie no i actually haven't (laughs) that one like low-key emotionally destroyed me yeah (laughs) yeah one of those movies when you're in elementary school and you're like what this wasn't the family movie but yeah. it low-key kind of reminds me of this one in a way, just how you were, I think Majora reminded me of it. Um, essentially, this kid, he goes to a magical land, I guess you could say. But like, it's, you know, you kind of decide, like, is it his imagination? Does he actually go? Um, but long story short, in the end, because he, he doesn't enjoy particularly his life which you must admit was kind of like hard looking at it, kind of just like Coraline. But then in the end, he's always, he's grateful to make his way back home. And he realizes that like his mom does care for him, stuff like that. So I think that's interesting. Just like another movie, kind of like Coraline, not as like Halloween-y and horror, but can still be 
I don't know, sad. I just remember watching that and I was like, oh my gosh. And it makes you think like, you're like, obviously that isn't real. Like he didn't actually go to that land. Maybe it was like a way of coping. But then that's like low-key, like, I mean, in Coraline, it showed kind of like that it all did happen. But in a way, it's like, did it really? (laughs) Was Mm -hmm. it just Coraline coping? Who knows? Oh, that is very interesting because her parents, even after being kidnapped and held um, in the other mother's world and in this Beldum's world, when she finally escapes, they have no memory of anything being amiss, right? Mm -hmm. So you're right about that. I guess in a way, it is very easy to imagine that she was so unhappy with her life that she like created this like whole other life and adventure because she was like very bored and her parents weren't like giving any attention and she wanted to like meet new people and stuff. So she created like a perfect world that turned into this nightmare. (laughs) And I guess like when you're a kid too, like everything that happens just seems so much more intense because you haven't really experienced that much. So like everything's Mm -hmm. happening for the first time and you're like, how do I cope with this? How do I deal with this? So yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I do and have I on where the wild things are. I was so excited for the film. Like, I love the book. I even got it from the library again. And I was, <laughs> the, the, it was not the same because the book is a cute little children's book, but the movie yeah. with like, all of this deep stuff. I remember going home in the garage and I just like started crying because it just was so much like emotion that I hadn't like experienced before like being so young I was like oh my gosh (laughs) was it a would you say it was a good adaptation Daniela (laughs) I think it was an interesting take on it because obviously the page the book is like 15 pages so you know I I you think like oh it's like about him going on an adventure but then they made it like about this boy like dealing with his problems so he doesn't actually travel he just travels in his mind then well no it's well like you don't know like it's oh it's like kind of left up yeah like i don't think that really matters but like he just goes on this adventure whether or not it doesn't really matter but like when i was a kid honestly i cared a lot about those things because the two of you know what life of pi right (laughs) yeah when I found out, like, people were like, oh, the tiger isn't real. It's just a metaphor for us as, like, survival or whatever. I was like, that's garbage. <laughs> Better be a real, <laughs> real tiger. Yeah. Well, I'll write it. It is a real tiger, okay? I don't care what anyone else says. There was yeah, a tiger exactly. there. I don't so care as about I grew metaphors. Up, though, I was like, See, that's true. Like, either way, if he was real or not, like, what he saw, yeah. he experienced the tiger. And for his reality, it wasn't exactly. tiger. You're right. Exactly. You're right. So I guess when it comes down to it, what is reality? I guess this is what, <laughs> no, like one of Daniela's essays really was about this. And it was like, Damn. it made me think yeah. even further. Cause I was like, Daniela, when I was reading that essay, I truly was like, you're right. I was like, when it comes down to it, like thinking you experience something versus exactly. like experiencing it, of course, there's like a tangible difference in the two. But if it feels so real in that moment and helps you cope, like who is someone else to say that it isn't, right? Yeah. So, and like yeah. what is the past other than memories like exactly yeah it's what you experience in your head like you can't change that for someone mm-hmm. now i'm thinking about this theme of like escapism almost yeah. and like the you, spirit away like right we've all seen yep. that it's almost like the same thing too like a little girl going through like something new and kind of like what happens which you could obviously like 
I'm inclined to say it really did happen, but in the end, right, like the parents don't remember anything, but she kind of learns a lesson along the way, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, this theme of like movies, like very random movies, but they all like connect with this theme that I never thought about before. Yeah, I think I really like like children's coming of age movies just because like, I think we were talking about this um, when we watched it, but we, like we were just admiring how Coraline is kind of just so fearless and so like mm-hmm. willing to do whatever because she's like a, she's mm-hmm. a child. She's like willing to, you know, go explore and stuff. And then like as you age, it kind of you kind of just lose that that desire, I guess. Yeah, I was just talking about this with a friend recently about how I think when you're little and you see adults, you know, be so cynical and realistic at least in my head, I was like, that's stupid, you know, just don't think about it. (laughs) It was liberating to watch Coraline be so uninhibited in her choices and adventures and not think about consequences, you know, because I think as I grew older, I spent more time being cautious, more time doing things that were safer or like making risk-free choices and stuff. So it was very interesting just to see her like, oh, there's this (laughs) hole in the wall like for if I personally found a hole in the wall (laughs) like you know this kind of portal to like whatever I would be like not dealing with that (laughs) close the door lock wait this is bringing back memories (laughs) (laughs) wait 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 oh my god at like at the old house that I lived in when I was like I think between like grade one to grade three there was like this like hole under in the basement underneath like the staircase it was like once you go in it you can't see anything it was super dark you crawled through this little crawl space into the hole and then you could stand up Uh so i would go in there and i would never know like i couldn't see anything right so i didn't know what was going (laughs) on there and i i don't remember if i ever got to the end of it or if i like got scared halfway through and then kind of just like interesting how old were you I would have been like six to eight, I think. So yeah, around her age, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, when I was telling you about like being more risk averse, I was thinking about like adventures I used to have as a kid. Um, Basically, there is this extremely popular series in India called the Famous Five. It's written by a British author named Enid Blyton, and she's extremely popular in like Southeast Asia and India. And she writes a lot of books. So Famous Five is essentially about like these five like youngish teenagers, like preteens, teenagers who have adventures. Like they like stumble into you know cases and stuff, and they solve like you know they catch murderers, they solve mysteries and stuff like that. Like there are scenes. And they kind of live like independent lives. It's every day is an adventure. You know, they like go biking in the countryside. Like they like go bike to like lakes. They swim there. And I, as a kid, I desperately wanted to be one of them. <laughs> I would like convince my brother to bike with me and we'd like go to the neighborhood and we'd like, you know, enter like the streets that my parents strictly forbid us from oh, going to. And you know, like cause you know the places where there are a lot of empty lots and stuff. And like we'd go on to private property sometimes, like walking through. Cause Do I'm your like, parents oh, know about this? Definitely not no, I, I well I'm actually telling. I have no idea. Cause it didn't seem worth mentioning at the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's like it's just because they were open right and they're just like uh-huh. there were just like trees and like grass or whatever and we'd like go through and like like explore or whatever and there was one time that we like kind of walked into like a garden of this some kind and this like old man came out and started yelling at us and we like biked away really quickly so it was just it felt like a movie you know you feel all <laughs> these things but now I've been yelled at by so many adults and I'm like whatever you know <laughs> while jaywalking or whatever <laughs> so like you said I think when you're a kid everything just seems much more magical and much yeah. cooler I don't so. know if it's like magical but like you're feeling a lot more things I think oh for sure magical in the sense that there could be any possibility like there are infinite possibilities you know what I mean yeah like now I guess because of experience or whatever <laughs> whatever other lame things mm-hmm. you don't have that many expectations like if I take a walk I'm not gonna be like oh I'm gonna walk into an adventure you know I, I it's mm-hmm. just gonna be a walk I never have any greater expectations than that (laughs) so as a kid even like small things like a bike ride I think could take on (laughs) bigger meaning or like at least me like be more exciting so Mm -hmm. (gasps) oh my gosh wait never mind I remember something that was one of my favorite memories I remember um I think it was like for this choir thing in elementary school we went to Hollard Park and you know, like, oh, there's this part of Hollard Park that's kind of like a mini forest. There's like a creek yeah. and everything, yeah. right? So we were in there, and I think we were all pretending to be in like a magical land. Like, uh-huh. first we were like, just, you know, we used our imagination and people started joining in but it was like this magical land like in combat or whatever and we were like there was like spies and everything but I definitely miss those sort of like games but like with the imagination of a child because for us it was like so real like it was like a mix of like Narnia like where the trees could like talk to us but like whatever um and I remember that was so, so fun because it was just kind of like the right people. Like there was people we knew, but there was also like other elementary schools. So like people we also didn't know. Um, and then it was like everyone was like on b- board with like the imagination thing. Like we all like synced up to like the same story. And it was just, I remember that. It was really fun. And I always wished like at the same time like that was a one-time thing and like I couldn't recreate it but at the same time I wish I could recreate it because it was just like so fun and everyone believed in the same like illusion and we were like fighting and pretending to be like warriors in this magical land when really we're just like a bunch of nine-year-olds running around in a forest (laughs) (laughs) yeah honestly well this may not be a direct relation but your like story reminded me of the bridge to terabithia <laughs> oh no 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 <laughs> that was another one of our inspirations except like the happy like happy land yeah, part, like not, not the, the heartbreak <laughs> portion of it <laughs> that, that movie came out when we were in elementary school yeah. right josh hutcherson yeah. that's really oh, oh my god i forgot that was josh hutcherson <laughs> man what happened to him he peaked in the hundred games. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think that's the thing. Like, as kids, when you find something new, it's like you've discovered a world that no one else knows about, and you can like create an illusion of like, oh, like I'm the only like this feels so magical that no one else could like possibly, other than the people here, like 
could feel the same way or know about it you know <laughs> it feels like an exclusive club at least like from what I you know like when i've discovered like a new bridge while biking or like you said a place in the forest yeah no i don't i don't know for me if it was like an exclusive club but i just miss like just being content with just having your imagination and just being able mm. to do whatever that's true now yeah. i'll sit around and then like i'll have nothing to do and it's like i just be on my phone i miss that like i remember when i'm like being really really young i would like help my mom out in the garden and i would like my favorite thing to do was like point the hose at the dirt because then it would make this like I, I just think it would look like a milkshake I'd be like yes milkshake <laughs> and I was just so happy with it like it's just I yeah can- no I clearly I, I okay I guess what I meant by exclusive club it wasn't like really an exclusive club but just that like it felt special you know what mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> every yeah. memory felt like while you were in it you were like oh this is amazing. Yeah, no, like everything yeah. in childhood, it's like, okay, this is it. This is the best day of my life. Yeah, blah, literally. Blah, 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 blah. That's You put it so well. You put it super well. I think in childhood, each day is each day and that's it. So <laughs> Yeah, it's like the end of the world every single day. Mm-hmm. In the best way possible. Yeah, you know, the of time, like real yeah. time. I feel like, I and I also feel like at some point, you start living for the present and start living for the future. Yeah. You know, like in university, you're like, oh, I need to do really well so I can go to yeah. the next <laughs> program. And then you're like, damn, I need to do well so I can work well. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I need to work well so I can make money. So I can live. retire well. Exactly. And then when you're retired, I guess you're just... <laughs> Mark my words, when I have enough money, I'm going to go live on a farm. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're going to join you if you don't mind, Daniela. <laughs> I already like we're gonna have two cows, two goats, two dogs. Um, what is this Noah's Ark? Yeah, because like you, you, then they can like make more like on their own. Like to start small, right? I, I mean, you want to make your own, but like to start small and then. Sorry, you know, just Michelle grow. was just really funny that I was taken aback. <laughs> so. what, what? What do you mean you were taken aback? Am I not funny normally? <laughs> I'm keeping this in. I have to mark this milestone. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> okay, honestly, there should be more children coming of age movies now that I think about it. I mean, I feel like there's plenty. It's just not all of them are well done. <laughs> there should be more well done. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I think Spirited Away is definitely definitely my favorite coming of age movie. Definitely top tier. <laughs> okay, so on that. I saw Spirited Away, I think, for the first time when I was in, like, grade 7. But uh-huh. I didn't watch all of it. Like, I kind of watched it in parts. And I don't think I super enjoyed it because I didn't understand it. So they were playing it at, uh, like, what the Princess Theater equivalent of uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I went with my... I convinced two of my friends to come with me. I was half an hour late. <laughs> as in... Why five... does that not surprise me? <laughs> it was only... 10 minutes late for the actual film but like since they opened doors and my friends had found seat right in the middle of the theater and they told me that I was like clearly that's not gonna happen so as I was walking down the aisle a seat looked empty so I was just like okay this was like I sat in it but there was a person, you sat on a person. I sat on someone's lap <laughs> and then 
never lift the stone ever. <laughs> so I just stepped all, out of the oh aisle, walked all the way to the front, and then the light of the screen helped light like the first row of chairs. So I was able, I just sat there. I was like, I'm no. sitting in, like, I don't, it was still a really good viewing, and I oh loved God, the movie you sat the second on someone's time. Lap. <laughs> <laughs> this literally this literally happened last year this happened last year so it wasn't that long ago and i really loved it like the movie the movie not sitting on the person's lap but it's associated with a traumatic memory like the movie was incredible so worth it but oh my god i couldn't see it was so dark someone just sits on your lap it was so dark it was so dark Oh my god. It was actually so dark, okay? It's not my fault. The person that you sat on say something? No, I like <laughs> got out and ran. I don't think they realized fully it was happening. Because I sat and I felt like something. And I was like, oh no. Like, then... I've done a lot of embarrassing things, but at least I can say I never yeah. saw <laughs> Oh my god. Maybe, okay, maybe it was like a quote or something, you know? Maybe that's why they said nothing. <laughs> so You don't remember how it felt? Like I'm pretty okay, sure it, was, it was, would feel different. No, from, it was it like, was soft. That's lap. why I was like, no, it felt human. But I'm just saying, I hope it's a coat. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, like that sounds so funny. Stop. It was it was just very like it was like so fast, y'all. Like I was like in out. <laughs> like it was like point <laughs> five seconds. So <laughs> you should have just stayed there. Like you're you're okay, already there. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> that made my day. <laughs> Why would it make your day? We're, it, it was literally the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, the, who does that? The only... Re- okay, but you couldn't see. It was so dark. You guys don't understand. And I think it was... You should have gotten there earlier. Yeah. Like, that is karma. I hope you sit on more people. God, so mean. I'm cursing you right now. Do you hate me, Danielle? Do you hate me, Michelle? <laughs> Yo, if you ever like run for prime minister or something, we're gonna like release ads like Madura. <laughs> so you guys have never sat on anybody, not even your parents' laps when you were little, huh? Not by accident, not without consent. Yeah, usually people like invite me onto their laps. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay, guys. I don't just like sit down and be like, oh, didn't see you there. Dark. <laughs> I also. I felt the armrest and there was nothing there, so I thought it was. <laughs> you held, so you held their hand. Yeah, you held their hand, and then you no. sat on their lap. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. I was walking down, and I was looking at the movie because it had already started. So I wasn't paying. Like I didn't turn around to look at the seat. I kind of felt the armrest. It was empty. So then I like moved and sat on the seat. So I'm still not entirely sure if there was a person. Don't there. backtrack, Madara. Oh Don't backtrack. Guys. We have it it's all em- on tape. We have your It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's genuinely so embarrassing, but it's fine. It's fine. I literally would have just left and never gone back to the theater. <laughs> I, the only oh, thing that yeah. made it worth it was that the movie was phenomenal. <laughs> Hell so, yeah. You know. <laughs> memory about spirited away but it's not like i feel like a lot of things low-key like left me traumatized like the wild things are but i clearly remember being in like some sort of store like the bay or something where they like an electronic section and they were showing spirited away and it was like the scene where oh what's her name again the witch lady okay (laughs) She she takes um her name 
right? And she's like, your name is mine. Um, and then I like saw that for some reason, like I just got so shook. Identity theft like, is oh not God. a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. Like someone could take my name. And ever since then, I've been like very like, I don't know, like shook about mm-hmm. that. Like I remember reading, the, I think Madura knows this, but I remember reading The Crucible, remember you guys? And and it's like John Proctor gives his speech, like, it's my name and no one can take it away from me or whatever. And I don't, I like resonated so much with that. I was like, it's my name. My name, the witch lady can't take it away from me. But I think, I don't know, that's like my, one of my earliest memories of Spirited Away was like being shook about like someone being able to take away your name. That's kind of interesting because I feel like I'm like so disconnected from my name. Like someone will call me by my name and I'm like, who? what me so it's weird <laughs> but yeah that brings me I, I guess we'll go back to talking about Coraline but like the I think I don't know I still don't feel that creeped out by it but like the creepiest thing would be just like having that like those stories or like the horror story, stories about like you're talking to your mom and then you're like you turn around and your mom's there too and then like they're both fighting over who's like your real mom like that a dream like that actually terrifies me i you you guys i had a dream like that i very clearly remember i was like talking to my mom in the kitchen in my dream and then my mom like i guess an imposter mom comes out of the garage door like looking super frantic and like being oh like God. i'm your real mom like, what the heck and it like shook me for days like i <laughs> right i was in elementary and i was like is this my real mom uh-huh. Mm-hmm. also that's scary. yeah i was telling michelle that i always like as a kid i was like it'd be so cool to like have a twin or like a doppelganger of some kind no but no, and then i thought about it and michelle's right like if my mom was just like a different person one day and i had no idea that would terrify me like if there was someone who looked exactly the same <laughs> mm-hmm. that's so creepy but yeah, I think, so I don't creepy. know, I didn't, like, watching this now, I don't feel that creeped out about it. I don't think I was super traumatized um, from Coraline when I was younger either. But yeah, I think I would have liked to see it play more on that fear of mine, I guess. That would have been something that could have really gotten to me. <laughs> Just like the other mother and then the mother, like, having a standoff or whatever in the end instead of the other mother just, like, taking the mother. I think that would have been cool. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are movies that are like that. Mm-hmm. Also, for some reason, at the start of the film, I was under the assumption that, like, every single person in the world has this, like, door they can access that gives them to this, like, alternative life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And But towards the end, I realized, like, there's only three kids who are, like, their lives were sto- stolen or whatever, right? So I guess it's just the house. And this particular, like, Beldum lives in the house. Am I right in thinking that or no? Yeah. That reminded me, though, because there hadn't been, like, a child in a long time, right? Because Wybie said his grandma usually doesn't, like, rent the place to people with children. Mm-hmm. So did we ever end up seeing, like, Wybie's grandma? Yeah, she was that little girl. One of them. But I thought that was the grandma's oh, sister. Oh, yeah, sorry. That was the grandma's sister. But the grandma came in at the party at the end, too. Right, at the party. Okay. 
anyways i don't know i was like low-key the whole time i was like mad at the grandma I was, like why did she like have this because she like had the doll yeah, why did she and... have the doll though literally why did she have the That's doll why... <laughs> i guess like because the doll used to be the sisters right mm-hmm. but i'm still like mad as like why she had it like and she knew it looked different because obviously it looked like Coraline now. But why did she have the doll in the first place? Like, the doll was used to like take her sister, so her yeah, sister was taken away, and then the doll was just left there. So I guess like that's so I guess she just kept it. When I I, read, I know like when I first watched the movie, I thought the grandma definitely had something to do with this because like the doll came from her. Hmm. Um. And like, like, why now? Like, why does she rent to a family True. with a kid now? You know, True. like, who is the real mastermind here? Oh, well, I wanted to talk about the animation. Yeah, like, let's do it. Stop yeah, motion. Yeah, do it. Go for it. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. <laughs> Bro, say more. The animation was gorgeous. It was so pretty, and I think it was exactly what this film needed because. It just kind of brought to life everything, and I don't think it would have looked good. Like it would have looked cheap in any other medium. Yeah, I think so too. Or like it wouldn't have hit the same. I don't know if it. Yeah. But I'm thinking like CGI. Like imagine if they did like an Anna and Elsa oh, type, like CGI for this. I'd like it would have been like it would have looked weird. Like honestly, it, yeah, it would not, not have here fit. for it. And if it was like real life, like they wouldn't have been able like. You would have, you know, you always notice when it's mm-hmm. fake with the real people and the CGI. I think with the stop motion too, because they, we were reading about how like they they hired a person to like hand make hand knit all the sweaters and everything, and it, they like use needles that were almost as thin as human hair or whatever. But like using like these real materials to make a stop motion animation kind of just goes into that uncanny valley part or uncanny valley thing where like everything's made out of real things, but it's not like real people which i think just adds to like the entire effect of the movie which yeah because mm-hmm. and uh, i i think another thing is that at the start of the movie i was like very aware that it was clay not because it wasn't like well done or anything but because it's like it's very clear it's claymation but by the end like you know 10 20 minutes in, i'd kind of forgotten as in it was so lifelike you know and i felt everything in the way that i would like in an actual movie that uh it i think like you said the medium actually helped to yeah portray that like lifelike childlike nature and adventure sense while still being like incredibly well done i can't imagine how much work must have gone into it apparently two years of pre-production and they shot over 18 months so four years of work plus post-production too and everything and oh my god the recording too so yeah I don't know. I appreciate them. Easy. <laughs> I appreciate them. It's crazy to think that like some people like have the patience for this. Yeah. Like they like it and I like appreciate it because I could never Yeah. I'm glad people have these niches and <laughs> and they have given me <laughs> an opportunity to consume them. I think Ben Wyatt should make his stop motion claymation yeah he was a visionary but they shot him down <laughs> yeah i honestly think as like this is from an objective point of view his movie was better than any other movie i've seen ever in my life so <laughs> <laughs> best claymation 
talks about like being robbed of an Oscar, but this one definitely <laughs> was robbed. I don't know, like Leo who <laughs> What's his short film called again? <laughs> Requiem for a dream. <laughs> Wait, who directed Requiem for a Dream? Oh god. Uh, let's see. Um director Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Okay. Yeah. So there uh, Ben Wyatt could direct Requiem for a Dream, but Darren Aronofsky could not do Requiem for a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I finished watching it. <laughs> I'm watching it now. Those Dude, two that seconds. Was so what do you mean? It was two lifetimes, Danielle. <laughs> it's like when you're in a dream and like everything happens, but like it only takes two seconds. You know? <laughs> That's what I'm getting from this. Exactly. That was his reality, <laughs> yeah. you know? Who knows what was going on in his mind? Yeah, so the cultural impact of this film <laughs> is just I wow. just think it can't be calculated. It's incalculable. <laughs> <laughs> like the title itself, what a masterpiece. What a throwback. Literally, I think it is a commentary how in our society we have no attention span, you know, <laughs> and that we don't live each moment like it's an eternity. Oh my gosh. Ben Wyatt was like, he was the blueprint for these like Vine, TikToks, oh, these like big mediums here. Like, sorry, I was just, I'm still mind blown by Ben Wyatt, <laughs> the mastery <laughs> of that film. So, the impact those two seconds it had on us literally changed the world. Like, the fact that he was the OG Vine slash TikTok, like, what more do you need? Did Coraline change your world in any? Actually, no, Madura, you were like the entire movie, you were screaming about how creepy it was. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. Like, what exactly cre- creeped you out about it? Okay, I think that's another thing that the movie was so good at doing is that even though the whole format was this like cl- kids, like claymation format, I still felt like all the fear of the uh, climax scene, I still felt you know, the creepiness of, like, the setting. I think just this idea of, like, the movement in the film leads you to believe, like, there could be something behind you or, like, beside you all the time. Like, you know, I, as in if there was a jump scare, I really would have jumped, you know? <laughs> the part that I was scared was when the other mother, so the climax scene, when she chases her out of that, I truly, like, I felt that in my heart. Like, my heart was beating really quickly, so I was scared at that point. Wait, did you know that the film was originally going to be live action with Dakota Fanning portraying Coraline? Oh God, I'm so glad they didn't do that. Oh, same. Are you reading IMDb trivia right now? Yeah, I'm trying to get some more content. <laughs> okay, so when Coraline sees her friends and exclaims, My best trolls! My best trolls! The word trolls is a common Michigan nickname for someone who lives in the Lower Peninsula. Hmm. I thought she was... I thought they were just trolls. Me too. Oh, oh. Also, in the shot of Coraline's bed, on Cor- of Coraline on her parents' bed, it's a photo of them, right? And her hair is brown, which implied that she dyed her okay, hair. Okay, Coraline's hair looks so good in this movie, though. Like that blue. Love it. I'm glad. Such a look for yeah, she delivered. Mr. Babinski appears to be wearing a Chernobyl cleanup medal, which most likely explains why he has blue skin. Oh, I thought he was just chilling. Right? 
Okay, final thoughts. My final thoughts of the movie are that this was a really good film that honestly, I remember being it like, you know, I, th I think it did have a bit of a cultural impact. Like a lot of people talked about it. I don't think anyone expected like a creepy um, movie that was marketed towards children. So I think that's what threw people off. Like, not that it's really that creepy, but that you think it's gonna be for babies, but then you watch it and you're like, what the heck? So I think that was more of like the shock factor in the film. And it is a really well done film with an incredible stop motion and, you know, a really good storyline. Um, kind of, well, it's based off of a book, but it's kind of like unique as a movie compared to like other movies. Um, so yeah, I think that it was a really good film and it's something like fun to watch around um, Halloween because it kind of has those spooky vibes to it. I thought it was the perfect film for Halloween. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did, which was a lot. I really loved the film. I think that they are able to capture that like childlike sense of wonder and drag the audience into it to experience exactly what Coraline does and um, to like be in this adventure that she like goes through, you know, and uh, to like essentially fall in love with this story. Because I don't think I want to be in that world, but <laughs> I did really enjoy the story. And it was so cool to see how much work was put into it. I mean, because it's claymation, every single frame must have taken so much effort. And yeah, to see the whole thing unfold, it was uh, incredible. Yeah, loved it. Wait, sorry, one last addition. The buttons are very creepy. I have to say, buttons for eyes, terrifying. Okay, go Michelle. <laughs> I think they're kind of cute. No. <laughs> I think hard, they're kind of cute. Hard to um, Yeah, no, I like. I enjoyed it. I think it was, like, I don't remember how I thought of it or, like, what I thought of it when I was a kid, but watching it now, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish that I do, or I, I kind of wish that I could go back as a kid and watch this, watch this, because I think it would just be something very different. But, yeah, it was a, it was a good movie. I really also just like appreciate the amount of work they put into it i think it was a really good adaptation of the book itself and yeah some parts definitely scared me i screamed a little bit i jumped a little bit it was good i liked it <laughs> yeah what recommendations what else have you been watching reading, you go first listening Michelle. to you go first okay sure um, I have two things for watching, I guess. Uh, so before I watched Coraline, I went to the theaters for the first time in like eight months, and I watched Possessor Uncut, and oh it was kind of yeah, it was kind of it was crazy. It was just it was just a lot of body horror, which I find like is less is is better for me because I just don't like the jump scares and stuff. Like with body horror, like you just look away. But there were definitely a lot of things that I don't want to see ever again um would recommend it made me feel a certain type of way <laughs> um and then the other thing i watched um the queen's gambit the show on netflix about chess oh yeah with, um yeah with anya taylor joy it was really good like i kind of want to learn how to play chess now damn uh, i've been seeing a lot of buzz for it so no yeah it's definitely worth a watch like i think it i think the way it deals with like how you know trauma in your like childhood kind of you know how it manifests into your adulthood and also yeah just a lot of themes like it didn't 
go super deep into it, but like it did acknowledge them, which I was like, cool. Yeah, I'm down with it. My recommendations are New Girl and Community, which I've recently started to rewatch both of those. Um, forgot how funny both of them are. So you should do that. Also, you guys, we watched Scream and Breaking oh, yeah, Dawn of Scream. I recommend. I thought it was really good. It was like a surprisingly like self-aware horror movie. Like, I don't know. It was really good. And then Breaking Dawn. Classic. Um, classic, dare I say, <laughs> masterpiece. So those are my recommendations. Madura didn't watch with us because she was partying. She was getting all partying. She- <laughs> I was I was bursting fireworks. <laughs> During the I global see. pandemic. I see. Is that not allowed? <laughs> Fireworks <laughs> attract the coronavirus. Fireworks are illegal. I thought we went over this. Oh my god. Yeah, remember when you tried to like burn down all of BC in the first podcast? Oh my podcast god, what? <laughs> I feel like I'm I feel like I'm being manipulated here, but I can't tell how. <laughs> so I rewatched the first season of Arrested Development which I watched many many years ago and it was really funny compared to what I remembered so I recommend the first season of Arrested Development and then I finished like this or I caught up to this like fantasy series like Miss uh, uh, Stormlight Archive so I just finished the third book so that's kind of been like the thing that I was uh, reading I guess not really watching but yeah I recommend that i guess honestly i don't remember life moves fast you know what i mean <laughs> oh um i tried watching borat last night the second film do not recommend it it was not funny <laughs> thanks thanks for thanks for being back with us after two weeks hope you enjoy this episode stay beware of the buttons in your life we'll be having a giveaway soon for oh, our yeah, we <laughs> buttons <laughs> buttons for all You'll win a, a pack of black buttons. And a sewing needle, yeah, and some thread. Put them onto your eyes and commit. Anyways, goodbye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.